You're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca. Enjoy the message. My name is Rachel. The guy up here before is Matt. We're the lead pastors here in Hamilton. If you were here last weekend, you heard from Pastor Josh. And uh, I heard he did an amazing job, as he always does. We had a running joke this week in the office that Pastor Matt's really awesome at painting the big picture. And Josh comes in and like teaches the Bible. And then I come in at the end and I'm like, hey, here's what you do. <laughs> So that's who I am today. Here is what you do. Anyways, this series is a joke. New year, same you. It's a joke. Uh, A lot of us are surrounded by a culture that's like, new year, new you, like, you know, resolutions and all of this stuff. But the reality is for most of us, it's a new year and we're the same us. Um. Good news, you and I, just as humans, were designed to evolve. So if you grow to age 10 and you stay 10 for the rest of your life, something's wrong with you, no? Even the way that our physical bodies function, we are designed to grow and transform through circumstances, situations, through childbirth, through, uh, you know, maybe a season of eating too much or, you know, something like that. We are always changing. And what we want to do for 2020 is we want to set our compass towards changing to be better. No? Um, The whole point of this series, the whole point of being a Christian is to be transformed into Christ-likeness. I was talking to a friend yesterday And she was like, and that's where I get off the bus. You know, me and Jesus, yes, he taught great things, but I just, no, there's nothing there. So today, if that's you and you're stuck at the person, I want you to listen to this message through the filter of his qualities. Because the reality of this is that Jesus was set up as a blueprint for you you and me to be the ideal human, okay? Whether or not you believe he's the son of God or not, that's your journey. I believe he was. And he was the ideal blueprint for what you and I should be like. He embraced the marginalized. He healed the sick. He loved the unlovely. He embodied everything good. And that is what you and I want to be. Okay, so this month's pretty special for me because I am celebrating one year. One year ago, I walked into a gym and I was 215 pounds, which was 70 pounds more than I had ever been in my entire life. And I made a choice, you know, my... My eating was out of control. I had kind of given up and thought, well, 
I'm 30, so it looks like we're only going downhill from here. And uh, God put his finger on that area of my life. And he said, it's time. It's time for this. And when I looked at it, it just looked like a giant mountain. And I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what step to take. But the truth is, is that that mountain was made up of many, many habits. And that's what I'm here to talk to us about today. Habits. You know, a lot of us are waiting for God to come deliver us of our bad habits. News flash. He won't. I could sit and wait for God to melt the 70 pounds off my body, miraculously, and it never would have happened. You know why? Because Galatians 6 says that each and every one of us are responsible to carry our own weight. That word weight refers to a backpack. I talked about this on Facebook. That backpack is your and my personal responsibility And our habits are our responsibility. And in the cavern between where we are right now and who Jesus is and us being like him is a wasteland of habits. Good ones, bad ones, nasty ones. I mean, there's nose picking and there's, you know, not washing your hands after you go to the bathroom and, you know, habits like that. You know, I, I don't want to camp out a lot in the, in the realm of what our bad habits are because I think the majority of us know what our bad habits are. And shame is a habit. Lying is a habit. Running away is a habit. It's not always physical. I mean, the physical habits give us a great picture But God isn't only interested in our physical habits. He's interested in our mental habits, our emotional habits, our spiritual habits. So here's one thing that I've learned. Changing your habits requires hustle. Not hurry, hustle. A lot of us, when we think of hustling, we think of like, I got to do it as fast as I can, and I got to get it, and I got to, no. Hustling is I'm making the most of what I got. I'm putting whatever effort I have, I'm prioritizing it. Hurry is let's just get this over with. Hurry is I just want the results. Can we just get to it? Hustle is a process. And the truth is, is that our habits Don't change in hurry. Hurry fizzles. Hurry leaves us feeling defeated when we rush ourselves and we think, I've been going to the gym for two weeks and I haven't seen any progress. I'm done. You know? Can I tell you that a lot of us, we don't stick to something long enough to see it actually work. And our bad habits are really hard to break but so are the good ones. And a lot of us don't stick to the good ones long enough in order to realize how hard they become to break. You know, 
you don't go to the gym long enough and consistently enough to see results. You don't come to church consistently enough and long enough to see the benefit that being a part of a community and a family can have on your life. It's really easy to look from a distance and be like, yeah, I just don't think I need that. Yeah, I just don't think I need the gym. You know, what I need is this. But you don't give it a chance. And habits need a chance to percolate and steep into your life. Many of us don't pray consistently enough to learn the benefits of prayer. We don't read about the life of Jesus enough in order for it to have an effect on us. And, you know, today it's, it's really not, I'm not going to be breaking down like, these are the bad habits that you should get rid of. You know, I'm not going there because I think, like I said, I think a lot of us know But what I want to do is I want to talk about some of Jesus's habits. And um, like I said earlier, Jesus really is the blueprint for our lives. He is the vision. We don't have to search any longer. You don't have to, you know, travel to India to find yourself, okay? If you study Jesus's life and you begin to emulate it, you will be a better person, You will be happier. You will be healthier. You will be more fulfilled of that, I can promise you. And uh, there's a really cool picture of this. And I don't know if you've ever read the Screwtape Letters. It's a book by C.S. Lewis. And it's basically a senior demon talking to a junior demon. And humor me for a second, okay? So they call people patients. And so what's happening is... Some of their patients are becoming Christians. And here's what the, the big guy says to the little guy. Listen, there's no need to despair, okay? Hundreds of these adult converts have been reclaimed after a brief period in the enemy's camp. And they're now back with us. All of the habits of the patient, both mental and bodily, are still in our favor. And that's religion, okay? I come to church, I sing songs, I say that I believe in God and I praise him and I do all this stuff, yet my practical everyday life reflects nothing of what I say I'm believing and following. That is religion. We're called to be in relationship We're called to have our everyday life reflect the one that we say we're following. That is the goal. That is the point of all of this. And we know that because Ephesians 5.1 says this, Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And, you know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. So this is interchangeable. Be imitators of Christ in everything that you do. And the cool thing here is the word for imitate in the Greek literally means like an actor playing a role. So you and I are called to play the role of Jesus in everything that we do. How could we do that if we don't know him? 
right? And how can we do that if we don't hustle? Because I'm telling you, by default, you will not be like Jesus. Your default and my default is not like God. And if you think it is, well, go start a career in like hip hop or something. I don't know. We can't just coast. And you know what? A lot of times our habits are not intentional. They're just byproducts of us living in our default mode. My default is anger. My default is unforgiveness. My default is shame and feeling not good enough. My default, my default. But when you come to Christ and you are given the Holy Spirit, you are no longer subject to those defaults. But the problem is what the church and religion has peddled is that magically you get a touch from the Lord and all of your default settings were reset and you will never do those things again. And then we live in guilt and shame because we know we're still screw-ups. We know we still sin. We know, we, and it's this vicious cycle. But the truth is, is that this was always meant to be practiced, to be hustled, to be worked at like any other relationship. And so what I'm going to give you today is just three habits of Jesus's life. And uh, there's an author named Christopher Miracle, and this is what he said, and it's really cool, and then we'll get into the three habits. He says, isolated incidents reveal little about an individual. And that's so funny because we do like one good thing, and we're like, man, I've changed. <laughs> And it's funny and cute. But here's the rest. But reflecting on the patterns of behavior reveals the content of a person's character and the values that person holds. The way we spend our time and resources is an expression of our values. Jesus told us himself when he taught us that each tree is known by its fruit in Luke 6.44. So reflecting on how Jesus spent his time should be instructive to us. What did he say over and over again? What did he do repeatedly? What are the habits we can learn from Jesus's life? And I honestly could do an entire series on the habits of Jesus, and maybe we'll do that down the road. Like this is in no way the deepest teaching you've ever heard on Jesus's habits because there's just not enough time. But I do want to encourage you that you can study Jesus' habits just by looking at his life and making, paying attention to what he said over and over again, what he did, how he responded in situations. Today we're going to talk about three habits. That's it. Three habits. My goal of this message, our goal of this series is that you are one step closer to looking like Jesus. This is not about every single thing in your life miraculously evaporating. This is about even 1% of you being closer to him, letting him in maybe to that one area that you've kept off limits. We all have those areas that we have kept Jesus out of because they're painful or maybe we're, we're ashamed of them or maybe we think we're handling it. 
But we want to change. We want to grow. And a lot of times, God puts his finger on that little spot. Okay? So habit number one. Jesus had a habit of prayer. And we're not talking about, like, going to a church and saying 10 Hail Marys every day is a habit. That There's no relationship involved in that. Okay? That's doing something and it having no effect on your life. That's religion. That's not relationship. We're talking about relationship. In Luke 5.16, it says, But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. And here Jesus is modeling the importance of a daily, regular time where you are alone and talking to your Father in heaven. I know maybe some of us think God's not listening. He is. I know some of us may feel like at times we're talking to the clouds. We're not. But many of us have not prayed consistently enough to see that prayer actually has a long-lasting effect on our lives. That through that daily time, now, let me tell you, when I wake up in the morning, I am awoken by two children who I immediately have to get out of bed and get them ready and make them breakfast and make the lunches and get myself ready and pack my lunch and get out the door and get them to school and get to work and whatever. I am not the saint that sets my alarm for 5 a.m. and gets up two hours before everyone else and I need my time with five. And if you are, God bless you. All the power to you, do it, okay? I can't. I just can't do it. I have to be realistic. How do I work alone time with my father into my life? I had an epiphany a couple years ago that I have these blocks of time in the day where I'm in the car by myself. Completely by myself. On the drive from the kids' school to the office because we take different cars because we have a million different things going on. From the office home. From the office to the gym. From the gym back to the office. I have these blocks in my day where I am completely alone. And it's so easy for us to go into default and turn on the radio or sit and think about how this person is driving us nuts or this or that or whatever we use that time for. I've taken that time and that is my time when I'm alone with my father. That's my alone time. That's my time where I talk to God, where I listen And if I get bonus time, like on a Monday for an hour or something, that's a bonus. But I want to ask you, what are you filling all of your time with? Because if you have time for bad habits, you've got time for good habits. And all we have to do is, like, replace one of those bad habits with a good one. So what can you in your life right now, what habit can you replace with alone time with your father? You know, how much Netflix and YouTube and rabbit holes are you going down and cigarettes are you smoking and rants are you going on that you could take that moment and make it your time with your father? It's that simple. And it's going to take some effort and hustle and like 
stick-to-itiveness. And it's not, it's not easy to lose 70 pounds. It's not easy to go to the gym five days a week. It's not easy. There's nothing easy about it. But after you do it for a while, it becomes second nature. It's just like this is my body's going to the gym and I'm not even thinking about it. You know? What is like that in your life? The second habit is the habit of presence. And I love how that word was just circulating in that song, like at the end there, over and over and over again, there's nothing like his presence. And one thing that Jesus made a habit of was regularly being in the presence of God in a corporate setting. And if you don't believe me, Luke 4.16 says, And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He had been raised in that town. As was his custom, or another word for that, as was his habit, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. So Jesus went to the synagogue every week since he was a child. Okay, Jesus wasn't just like flipping over tables in the temple and screaming at the Pharisees. He went to church with these people. He taught these people. He learned under these people. And we see later in Hebrews 10.25, it says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. Do you know that pulling away is a habit? Retreating is a habit. Neglecting to show up to church is a habit. Neglecting to show up in your relationships is a habit. Pulling away from people who are trying to help you and love you is a habit. And just like that habit can be formed on the flip side, this says, in fact, we should come together even more frequently because we need each other. And Jesus understood this because he made it a habit to, one, be in the presence of other believers, and two, in the presence of his disciples, his, with people. He was always found with people. Some of us, and I'll raise my hand, struggle to be alone. We struggle to find that alone time, Okay. We're busy. We try and fill the alone time. That's me. I'm like, unless somebody stops me, I will fill every hour of every day, every calendar, and you'll see me as a shell of a human in the corner at some point, okay, when I've given up on life. That is like my MO. But some of us are alone way too much, and we enjoy being alone. We enjoy retreating. We enjoy pulling away. We enjoy figuring everything out on our own. And, you know, Jesus displayed, and Scripture clearly, clearly points us in the direction that we should have a habit of getting together. We should have a habit. You know, there's special things that happen on Sundays. Somebody said to me, "Ah, I just don't see the point of Sundays, man. I'll be a part of this, and I'll help you guys with that, and I'll do this. But I don't need that Sunday gathering. And I would say this. Sometimes we don't know what we need. (laughs) 
mind blow. I didn't know how much I needed that gym until I walked into this winter for the first time in a decade not depressed. I don't know about you, but I lived with seasonal depression for a decade and didn't even know I had it because it was normal to me. I didn't know that I needed the gym to relieve me of seasonal depression. You don't know that you need church every Sunday until you come and a year later you're transformed as a human being. You don't know what you need. Jesus said we needed to be together. And he said we needed to be together more than you and I want to be together. You know, this past year we introduced the table, our small groups. And these aren't just small groups. These are weekly family dinners where houses all over the city are hosting and joining together for dinner. And it literally changed the culture. And we're about to launch it again in just a few weeks. But don't make pulling away a habit that stays in your life. There's valid reasons. There's valid excuses. You're hurt. You're offended. You're afraid. You're all of these things. But none of them has to stay in this new year. None of it has to stay. Okay, let's go into the last habit. Jesus lives with the habit of power. Now, when we think of power, we think of like political power or strength or might or, you know, the big hand that comes down and crushes with the hammer. But that is clearly, if you know Jesus, that's not the power that he lived in. He constantly walked in the power of healing, of loving, of forgiveness, of breaking down walls that no one else could break down. And ultimately what that was, was he lived under the habit of being led by the Holy Spirit. So when we receive Jesus and we, we just say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And we receive the Holy Spirit, which is basically going to give us the power. Not the power. But all of those places in you that are powerless to change are not powerless anymore. This, this is the deposit from heaven that came, that Jesus displayed, that no matter what was going on around him, he could heal somebody. He could love somebody. He could touch somebody. He could feed somebody. This was a habit of his life, was to live practicing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of these things that within ourselves we struggle to muster up. And um, here's the beauty of this. God has given you everything you need. Every, I don't care what it is. 
it's an addiction. It's pain that's so deep. It's 25 years of the same thing over and over and over again. God has given you what you need. It's not going to happen overnight. But what I'm challenging you as people who are potentially or already following Jesus is this year, I want you to think about that thing, that one habit, that two habit, that three, whatever, whatever you just know. And I don't want you to focus on that. I want you to replace one habit at a time with something that can actually help you. <laughs> if all of our bad habits were helpful, maybe we wouldn't be sitting in this room. Maybe you wouldn't even be listening to me because you've got it down. You've got it all figured out. But there's definitely parts of us that if we're, we were all honest, we would say, I, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of thinking like this. I'm sick that my default is always to think that I'm a piece of crap. I'm done. I'm sick of this. And this isn't really a self-help or a motivational speech. This is just a practical thing that what if we just took like one habit of Jesus and just slowly over time replaced one of our bad habits with a good one? And what if we looked at the mountain that was in front of us like I did a year ago and realized that it's just one piece at a time, one habit at a time, one default mode at a time that we're slowly replacing one step at a time with something that can actually help us. And God placed you around people this is not something you go through alone only. Some, we need that alone time with our Father. But we also need to be in the presence of other people who are not going to drag us back into what we're trying to run away from. You know, we, we like run back to the enemy's camp and then yell, God save me. And he's like, I was trying to. You literally ran right by me and right back. this year, the only thing that kept coming up into my spirit surrounding this to, to tell you is that it's time. It's time now. It's time. Whatever that thing is that you have not been able to let go of, whatever that habit is that you have not been able to lay down, whatever that thing is that you've actually made it, it you put it on a pedestal as if it's something that you should be proud of or something that you're just stuck with for the rest of your life. It could be a mentality. It could be pride. It could be shame. It could be fear. It could be hurt. It could be unforgiveness. Whatever that thing is, I want to encourage you that this year, it's time. God is ready. He wants to partner with you. He wants you to put on that backpack of responsibility and go, you know what, God? I'm not just going to sit and passively just wait 
for one day magically that I won't feel like this, that I won't think like this, that I won't, and I'm gonna hustle. I'm gonna do what it takes. I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna take responsibility for this area in my life. And I'm done with feeling ashamed of it. You know what, every look around you, every single person here has something. You're not the only one. That is a habit. Oh, I'm the only one. Nobody knows what I'm going through. So I'm just, uh, self-pity is a habit. (laughs) It's time. God wants you to be free of those habits. But it's not a zap. It's not the the lightning bolt. I talk about it all the time. We're waiting for the lightning bolt. I'm just going to wake up one day and God's like, no. I've put my spirit inside you. I've placed you in a church family that's not perfect, but it's got people that if you would just stop pulling away that could actually help you and walk with you, he's given us all that we need. We just have to be willing to be like, okay, I'm done. Okay, God, I'm done. Walk into the gym, I'm done. I'm terrified. I think this is crap. I don't think it's going to help me, but I'm just going to do it because that's what you want me to do. And then a month and two months and three months goes by and you realize I didn't even know how much I needed this. Can I pray for you today? Let's close our eyes. Let's just forget where we are for a second. Forget the people around us. Father, in the end, we're going to stand before you, and we're going to have to give an account for what we did with the life that you gave us. And God, today, we release well, I was raised this way, or this happened to me, or this is why A, B, and C, and we just take responsibility for ourselves. And Jesus, we thank you that you gave us a blueprint that we don't have to look any further. It's all right there, right in front of us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would empower us to will and to do all of the things one step at a time that we know are right. Lord, I ask that you would just take whatever that one habit is, that two habits, whatever is forward in our minds right now, that you would help us to this year in 2020 replace that thing with something good with something life giving with something that is a tool that we can help others with God we're sorry if we've been waiting for you to do all the work but we recognize that we got to do our part 
And today we make a commitment to hustle, to hustle, to stop living passively, to stop coasting and hoping and wishing. But we, we take the reins on our own backpack today. And we make a choice to be encouraged by this, to be encouraged that we don't have to stay the same, but that you have created us literally in our design to grow and to change and to mature and to become more like you. Thank you for every life in this place. Every son and daughter of God, whether you know it or not, whether you think it or not. God, you love them, you care about them, and all you want is what's best for us. And I thank you that one year from today, many in this room are going to look back just like I am today and see the fruit of all that you have done, partnered with our will, our obedience, our humility, our submission. We're going to see major areas of our life transformed in one year from today because of this moment. So we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca.